Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Happy to be here today. The 9th. We're here. Yes, we're uh, recording during the day, which is awesome for me because oh, I've been feeling awful at night. So <laughs> this daytime recording, I'm like, all right, I got so much energy. Let's go. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And and it's so true. <laughs> it is so true. I, I think uh, the last couple episodes we've been talking about um, how we spend a lot of time in pre-show catching up. And I think we have a new record today uh, with with uh, less than an hour. So, uh, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, in the evening it's, it, uh, oh, we should start. Oh, it's nine thirty, ten o'clock. It's like, well, I, we did this to ourselves. This was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now it's in the afternoon and we have a whole half a day ahead of ourselves. So it's all good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. We have a lot of really good news stories this week, so I'm interested in a lot of the discussion that we're going to get into. But before that, we should talk about what we've been playing. So um, I've just been playing a little bit more of Coral Island, but you've actually got something new on your plate. So what have you been up to? Yeah, I uh, I have a fun sort of roller coaster with this game that I'm going to talk about, and it's uh, <laughs> so it's it's Wolong Fallen Dynasty. It's it's on Game Pass. It launched on Game Pass uh, last Friday. So shortly after uh, posting our episode, I was like, oh, this this comes out on Friday. That's that's crazy. And it's it's getting decent reviews. It is a Souls like game. Uh, so similar, I think Demon Souls, uh, 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 Dark Souls. I was trying to think of the other one. Other Elden ones. Ring. Elden Ring. Thank you. I should have led with that. And I know um, in our in our Elden Ring Discord group, I'm saying, oh, yeah, I'm playing well long. And they're like, oh, I mean, you know, you have Elden Ring to still play. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. But for some reason, <laughs> when a game comes out on Game Pass, I'm I'm there preloading. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've been playing well long. And um, the day it came out, I played it that evening and uh, there's been a lot of talk about this one. Uh, it's it's made by Team Ninja. It's a more action focused Souls like game, and um, there's a lot of talk about. Um, I'm playing on Xbox. It is on PC as well. Uh, the PC version is 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 getting some some bad reviews uh, due to the the port. Uh, it's not doing so mm. well. But uh, there was a patch just recently, so maybe that maybe that helped out with things but uh, i am playing on xbox through game pass and uh, i played a, a good chunk of it the other part of the news for around this game is that the first boss which is a tradition among souls games the first boss is really difficult like to the point where some people were saying like this first boss is more difficult than anything you're gonna fight in the next half of the game um in terms of the way it is it is a skill check to make sure you uh, understand the the critical parts of the gameplay. So uh, in this case, it is parrying. And I am notoriously bad at parrying. <laughs> Very bad at it. Um, that's why in Elden Ring, I went with a, with a sword and shield build where I could block and not die. So um, in Wolong, you are very much encouraged to learn how to parry or fail. <laughs> um, and and what that means is, uh, and, the, and the key difference here between this game and other Souls games is that you can parry critical hits. Um, most of the time in Souls games, there is the normal hits which you can parry that are just, you know, an enemy going through the animations. 
uh, whereas there is unblockable attacks that where you're where the enemy usually like glows red or says a specific thing. Um, I mean, we're playing Jedi Fallen Order, and whenever a um, whenever an enemy does a does a critical, it'll gl- that that character will glow red, and you know you need to dodge because if you try to block, you're gonna get you're gonna take damage and probably stagger, uh, which is not great because when you stagger, the enemy's like, oh, this is when we punish you. And we send you back to the last, in this case, uh, the last flag you planted. Um, that's where you would return when you die. So really early on, you're, you, especially once you get to that boss, you have to learn uh, to parry. And the critical hits are very telegraphed in the sense that, like, like other Souls games, it, it goes a bit further, though. It, like, instead of just glowing red, the character literally, like, will do a, like a, sort of a a move like a a tell and glow red like very much glow red and then uh there's even like a point in the animation where the 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 red will flash to basically tell you like look you need to parry right now or or around this this moment um so it's again it's very fair in the sense that like when you parry this you will end up doing a lot of uh, stagger damage to them, so you're, they have a stagger bar. And when you successfully parry a critical, a good chunk of that stagger bar is filled in. But also, like the um, uh, the I don't know the the min and max of the stagger bar shrinks. Therefore, you can you can stagger them faster by by parrying uh, all types of of attacks, including the critical hits. But parrying the critical hits is key because it does a lot of damage when you're able to hit that stagger and then the enemy sits there until you you mash the y button uh (laughs) to do a special attack to to take advantage of their their stagger so doing the first boss i'm failing miserably i am terrible at parrying (laughs) (laughs) and uh uh it was over the weekend i'm like what am i doing here so i like i i finally die for like the fifth or sixth time and i oh is that it well, I was assuming you were like bashing your head against it for like 40, 50 tries. <laughs> oh, my. I don't have time for that. Uh, you know, <laughs> so and and I know you're right. It's your your response is absolutely true. And like, that's not a lot. And it wasn't. But I was like, you know what? This is Game Pass. I didn't buy it. I have no like investment here. It's not for me. I literally like, you know, the Alt F4 equivalent on the Xbox, which is, I think, just mashing the home button and then proceed to uninstall the game. <laughs> Because I'm like, this is not happening. I need it off the dashboard so I cannot see it because it's going to bug me. Uh, then fast forward a couple days where it continued to bug me, even though I had uninstalled it. And I saw some tweets pop up where, where folks were talking about the first boss and saying, you know, it's critical you learn to parry. And here are some things you can do to kind of make it a little bit easier, um, which was uh, using the... Uh, I'm trying to remember there's a I'm trying to remember the specific words of like for the uh, the gameplay systems, but essentially you have like a, a morale level, which you gain by killing enemies without dying. And you can cap that at 25. And the higher your morale level is, the stronger your attacks are and the more damage you can take. So pretty critical when you're going up against a boss. Mm. And there are but when you die, you lose all of that morale. It resets to the bare minimum. I guess that kind of makes sense. <laughs> it sounds yeah. very punishing, but also 
I'm pretty sure if I got murdered and then reincarnated, then I w- that would be a morale buster. <laughs> yeah. And like other Souls games, there are like the souls, the the power that uh, I think in I think in this case, it's uh, it's chi and you you gain chi by killing enemies. And when you die, you lose half of that. So it's not as bad as other Souls games where you lose all of it. Um, and all you have to do to get it back is to defeat the enemy that killed you. However, the trick is that when you die, your morale gets reset. The person who killed you, their morale goes up. So they become harder to kill every time okay, they kill so you. Okay, so basically all of the kind of mechanics around the parrying and the critical hits and the staggering and the morale is all shared on both sides. Yes, you have a stagger uh, bar as well, which is impacted by uh, when an enemy uh, hits you enough or or if you use too much of your magic or your dodges, you will fill up your stagger if you don't have enough um, in the positive side. So there's a positive and negative to the to the to the stagger bar and, and you can build into the positive by uh, effectively parrying or doing attacks and stuff. But if you find yourself being overzealous and, and not watching that stagger bar, if an enemy hits you, you will stagger and then the enemy has a chance to do uh, a lot of damage on you. So yeah, it works both ways and uh, can be very punishing if you try to treat this as an action game and just run in and and, mm-hmm. and mash buttons, uh, which I do when I get frustrated. And that's <laughs> when I have to stop, you know, turn the game off, uh, go and record a podcast and then maybe go back to it in the afternoon we'll see (laughs) um but uh yeah so that all being said i i decided i read those tweets and i'm like you know what i'm gonna try it again so i reinstalled the game i downloaded it again i reinstalled it (laughs) i uh i booted up and i decided honestly like like, i thought you were being like hyperbolic when you said that you like (laughs) quit out and uninstalled the game (laughs) (laughs) no i really did it i was uh i was done i thought i was done and and i i was not i guess i went back to it um and i so the way the game is set up is basically unlike other souls games um it's set up like a battlefield so literally you queue into a battlefield and it's like a it's a small map that you work through and there are like hidden areas and stuff you can find, but the first battlefield is very small. So when I was instructed to bring my morale up by killing enemies mm-hmm. over and over again, I was basically like going through the map, killing everything, resetting by resting at one of these battle flags, you re- reset everything and essentially doing it over and over and over until I had a higher morale um, and you can find uh, there the battle flags are the ones you find that you can rest at and reset your uh, your pots. So I think they're called dragon pots. That's how you heal in mid combat, and you've got a limited amount of them. In this case, you have three uh, in the first battle. And um, there's these other flags. I think they're called markers. And what they do is they set the cap of your morale. So when you die, you won't go below that number. Um, but you can only raise it a certain amount which is basically, I think, the flags plus the markers of each battlefield. So the max morale you can have is 25 by grinding and and killing all the enemies, Uh, but the minimum you have is based on how many flags you've found in that battlefield. It does not carry forward, so it's always Mm. resetting. Uh, That being said, you level up by spending your chi and uh, putting it into points, and also uh, there's there's gear systems and you can upgrade your gear. It's a very, you know, very RPG like that in that you you have a bunch of gear you can equip. Um, 
And, but anyways, I got back to it. I went to the boss and I continued to die, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> we need to figure this out. We need to figure out parrying. So I figure out parrying and I beat the boss and I'm like, oh man, that went well. That was really good. And then the boss has a second phase. <laughs> So the boss comes back and he's like this demon thing. So now all of a sudden he has like this tentacle arm alongside his like giant axe. And I'm like, well, this is great. And that all being said, like, you know, long story short, I did beat that boss and I've continued to play and really enjoy the game. But what you're learning in that first boss battle is is first. It's first to be wary of like just attacking. It's more important to parry those critical attacks so that you can basically interrupt the the boss stagger it do a massive amount of damage and rinse repeat it's not about like parrying every attack it's just make sure you parry those critical attacks and avoidance is is a fine strategy as long as you are parrying those critical attacks because that's what's going to cause the that's how you really do the damage exactly and eventually that momentum will build towards you being like, oh, the boss has like next to no health. I just got to like hit it a couple times and it's done. And that's pretty much been the game for me uh, after that boss is just kind of like following that pattern of like, okay, make, you know, learn the the critical moves, parry them when I need to. Uh, the other thing is like, as you progress through the game, you're able to summon in allies, uh, like co-op allies, as well as um, AI controlled allies and that makes the game a lot easier and you're able to upgrade how many pots you have during um during battles so you can heal more so there's a lot of stuff in that first boss battle that is going to punish you and it's just critical to learn how to parry those attacks um that being said i've hit another wall right before recording uh there's this boss that that is has two built-in phases into into the boss battle itself where it's a mounted uh, armored unit and he's on a horse and you have to knock him off the horse and then uh, and then fight him on the ground while his horse is like doing circles <laughs> and if you're not careful the horse will hit you <laughs> so like will knock you off uh, off your 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 focus and then and then the, the character does a bunch of damage but so I'm struggling with that right now but before that I I, uh, I have really been enjoying my time uh, with the game and and um you're struggling a little bit here and there, but but not to the point of like uninstalling it again. Although I th- I feel like I'm hitting that <laughs> wall again. Uh, I won't uninstall. I promise. I'll I'll keep it on the drive. I was gonna say I feel like you just need to like walk away for a bit and like yes. go play like some Nintendo game and then come yes. back. A hundred percent. I I know that's what I need to do, but I have this like when it comes to games, I have this tendency to be like, I need to, I need to play. The, and this is why I kind of try to avoid souls games. Cause like, I need to finish this. I need to finish this and then I'll stop. And that's kind of how I've been progressing through the game is I'll beat this boss and then I'll, then I'll take a break or I'll stop playing, you know? And that's how it's worked ever since that first boss. But this one's giving me a hard time. Actually that battlefield that I'm in right now where I'm stuck on the boss has been actually the, yeah, that one has been particularly difficult because it was a more open battlefield. So you could kind of like pick the path you wanted to go down. And if you went down a certain path, some of those enemies had a higher morale level. So you had to like find the path because again, I'm terrible at parrying. I had to find the path that was like, okay, this is clearly like the linear path of like, you know, morale level one, two, three, four, all the way up to 20. Uh, But then once you get the hang of it and you build that morale level, you can kind of go off and 
take care of all the bad guys. Because again, there's this like cap to each battlefield. It's all it's like a bunch of little worlds that they've built that reset every time, but you get to carry forward your gear. It's kind of a really neat setup and and different from previous Souls games I've played. So it's um it's been a lot of fun. I, I like I'll say it's been more fun than uninstall not fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a low bar. <laughs> it, I mean, it is like, but that's the thing is like, I think uh, I'm probably not, I'm probably not, uh, that was probably not nice of me to say. I think it's one of those things where I've been having more fun with the game and there's only been a few moments where that soul's wall kicks in of like, we need to make sure you know what you're doing here so that when we start tossing stuff at you afterwards, you're going to be able to handle it. And and uh, really there's only been a few of them and I, I I've been able to push through them before, but th- this is n- I think natural when it comes to these games is like they they give you a they give you a mechanic that's going to test you a little bit more. And um, maybe there was ones before this, and I just I they didn't they didn't phase me as much. But um, I I am really appreciating the more action focused combat because, like I said, it's it's uh it's not it's not as slow. Like it's very quick, and once you get into the momentum, like your morale level's really high you can just go through the whole area and just like stealth attack and, and just be really, really quick and snappy with the combat. So it's a lot of it. That is a lot of fun for sure. Just like running through an area and, and tearing Mm -hmm. through it. So, uh, but yeah, like other souls games, bosses that are gonna, gonna test you. And, uh, yeah, just remember just, you have to parry the criticals. That's, that is the key thing with this one. So, um, yeah, it's on game pass. Will long fallen, uh, fallen dynasty. So definitely check it out if you're into Souls games and action games for sure. Yeah, and I'm still playing Coral Island, which is uh, on Game Pass as well. Um, I'm playing on PC still, and I am really enjoying it. So I, I've like I've spent more time in it since we talked about it last. And uh, one thing I really like about this game is how, and, and it's going to sound like handholdy, but like. I found that I have like four or five quests kind of ongoing all the time. And it feels like when I finish one, like they do this thing where um, so you have like energy through the day and you can't be out past midnight. So like you have to go to bed to reset the day. That's when the game saves or not reset the day, move to the next day. That's when the game saves. And if I've completed a quest in a given day and then I go to bed when I wake up, there's like a person waiting outside my door being like, hey, Like, I see that you're done with the first diving quest. Well, let me tell you about extractors. And I'm like, oh, how convenient. How did you know? (laughs) So, um, like, it's it's kind of like proceeding at a pretty good pace and like giving me stuff to do within the town. And I've figured out now that there's kind of like three different aspects of the town that you have to like help fix. And it's basically like the... Actually, I can't even remember the third one, but there's uh, the museum and the ocean are the the two that I've been working on like the most so far. And so basically you have to like do a whole bunch of stuff to clean up the ocean and you have to it's very animal crossing. Like you have to like go and catch bugs and find fossils and stuff like that and take them and deposit them in the museum. And then like so your museum and the ocean and your town or the museum and the ocean get like a grade so like it's it's like letter grades so it goes like f through a and then like s and double s tier <laughs> like okay whatever <laughs> um and then 
those ratings contribute to your like overall town rating and you're trying to get the big evil corporation to leave. So they've kind of like taken over and they're like, we're going to make you an oil digging town or whatever. (laughs) And like, yeah, we're going to ruin your ocean and blah, blah, blah. But we're going to bring jobs. So it's very like has this like eco conscious message, (laughs) basically. Um, And then there's like these island spirit things going on. So there's this like kind of magic undertone as well. So I don't know. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm. I wanted to mention it again because um, I did find that having those like quests really helped. Oh, I think the other thing might be um, how far into like the dungeon that you've cleared because it's got one of the it's the same sort of thing where like you go into the top level and then there's like a an elevator every five levels and you just have to kind of like clear all the monsters and work your way down and the further down you get the better resources you can find and stuff like that. Um, So it has that kind of mechanic in it as well. Um, And I'm pretty sure how far you've cleared down into the mine is also um, the other thing that gets a grade that contributes to the level of the town. But uh, anyways, it feels like there's um, pretty good diversity in the things that you can do. Like I haven't really focused on the relationship side of the island yet, but like you can um, like we talked about this the first time. There's like you can make friends and have like romantic relationships and all that kind of stuff. And that's what you want to focus on. That's what you can do. Or you can just go and be a farmer. There's like different grades of produce and stuff. Like it's not just I have a turnip and selling it to the local grocery store. It's like you have like no grade turnips and then like bronze, silver, gold level and you get more money and and kind of like reputation and stuff, depending on how good your produce is. And like it's actually a pretty well like fleshed out game and if you want some more like action adventure stuff you go clear the mine and fight the monsters and if you want more like passive like exploration then you go do the ocean stuff because that's basically just like clicking and clearing up garbage (laughs) and it's like again very like calm and relaxing and it's not not that there isn't a lot to it but it's just like once you clear one spot, then it opens up the next spot sort of thing. And it is very exploratory, but relaxing. (laughs) So you can kind of pick and choose whatever you want to do. And it's a pretty big game, I'm realizing. So and, and pretty directed too. there's like some like cinematic type moments and stuff where you see the interactions between like the big evil corporation and the and the town, the island folk and everything like that so like there's there's a lot to explore here and i'm having a lot of fun still yeah well that was some of the conversation in discord about um coral island being you know an early access slash game preview uh game on on game pass and steam and that was one of the questions of like how how complete is it so obviously you're still playing you're still discovering new content new story new interactable elements so it sounds like they've got a good you know, path laid ahead of of players who are looking to play this, but but might it's further along in early access than you're going to hit like a wall of like, oh, you've you've got your museum to level two and your ocean to level two. And that's as far as we've we've uh, we've coded out here. It sounds like it's a bit further than that, if not, you know, much further. Yeah, I haven't hit anything yet that like has stopped me and said like you've hit an under construction area of the game (laughs) so 
you know, like I don't know um, how much has actually been created and fleshed out. But like I say, I haven't hit a point yet. There's a little like notice in the bottom corner all the time with like your your um, unique identifier and the build number. And then like a little thing that says like this is not indicative of what the final game will look like or something like that. It's like this built in watermark disclaimer (laughs) that this is not a final game. And I'm like, I still have yet to hit a bug or like anything that would indicate to me that it's like early access. Like it's pretty, it reminds me kind of of Dreamlight Valley in that way in that like it feels like a pretty fleshed out, polished project. I think I found like one spelling mistake in one dialogue box. That was it. (laughs) So um, it feels pretty good so far anyways. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, uh, and and it's funny before I I booted up Wolong like my plan for for this show was to play Coral Island and then and then we could we could deep dive on it uh and I did install it I did confirm that the the PC uh Game Pass version has controller support so I was I I got as far as like I think I kind of installed and I got as far as like creating my character and then mm-hmm. something distracted me. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Will Long. It was it was the day before Will Long came out. But I, I do intend to get to it. I mean, the fact that you're describing it as like, I never really thought of it this way, but I know Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley are very similar. But now that you mention it, it kind of puts a new spin on it for me. Like you talk about, oh, go play a Nintendo game. I mean, Coral Island sounds like it might be a good fit in that it it is, it's probably more like Animal Crossing than than I initially realized. Like, especially with, you know, I didn't really consider it with cleaning the ocean, but that sounds like very similar to what you would do in Animal Crossing of like progressing um, your, I guess, in Animal Crossing, the most recent one was your island, like building it out and mm-hmm. making it more of a community. So the fact that you're you're cleaning out the ocean, you're you're building out a museum, which is which is sounds perfect to me. Oh, yeah. Like it's like ripped right out of Animal Crossing. It's like you get a net, you have to chase down bugs. There's certain bugs available at certain times like you're. Um, not digging up fossils, but fossils is one of the things that you find when you're clearing out the ocean. So there's like that added thing that you should do or like that added bonus to, you know, spending what is kind of like, it's a little bit monotonous to clean up the ocean because basically like you've got like your farmer's like scythe and you're basically just down in the ocean and you're swinging the scythe and you're basically cutting seaweed and breaking up garbage piles and you just do that scythe like clicking all the way through the ocean like there's not a whole lot to it um it, like mechanically but um but you do find like um fossils and you find uh like chests that can have artifacts in them and like there's stuff to to find and discover so it is very much more of like a discovery exploration part of the game is definitely down in the ocean like there's nothing in the ocean so far to fight that I've found. Um, the only fighting that you do, the only monsters that you find are in the, are in the mine. Okay. Yeah. And that was the other thing. The mine sort of reminds me a lot of, uh, the way Stardew Valley was set up. Cause there was like that mine area that you could, mm-hmm. you know, go into and progress through as kind of the dungeon of the game. So, um, it sounds like they've taken a lot of like the best parts of, of, of those games and kind of created a, well, this this more like island focus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up the ocean and, and stuff. So, I mean, it sounds really cool. And um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely do plan to check it out because, I, like I said, it's installed on my computer. I have it hooked up to the TV. Controller support's working. Um, so, yeah, it's on it's on the more uh, it's it should be on the list to to play while while breaking from a game that is breaking me. Yeah, it's a good break game from yeah. the long fallen dynasty. Yeah. It sounds like you need some some pauses there. And if you can just flip over from Xbox, as you said, you have the PC hooked up to the TV. So yeah, just flip from one to the other when you need a break and calm yourself on Coral Island. <laughs> I do need to, for sure. Uh, so yeah I wanted to say a special shout out and thank you to our patrons you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in like Captain Purple did this month thank you so much for being our patron of the month for the month of March also wanted to remind everybody that we have a TGI game club going on right now so Jedi Fallen Order is our current game if you want to join in head to bit.ly slash TGI (laughs) TGI just said TGI extra life I was like, no, wait, not yet. come on, brain. Yeah, we are, not, we are not there yet. So if you want to join into the game club, head to bit.ly slash TGI Discord and you can join in on the conversations over there. Um, how how much uh, how much further do you have in Jedi Fallen Order? I feel like you've been on it for like five or six weeks now. You must be getting close to the end. Yeah, I think we're on our second last milestone. I think we're just about so this Sunday when we have our discussion, I'm sure the update I'm assuming the update will be for next week will be, hey, finish the game, which is (laughs) which is always like it. it, That's a fun milestone to write because you don't have to write it. You just say finish the game. You don't have to worry about where do we stop? And this one's been particularly tough, especially early on. and, And Travis has done a really good job at like trying to find stopping points for a game that a doesn't have very clear stopping points uh, and also has like some really confusing uh, backtracking. Uh, and and I think when the, the the game club's done, I'll I'll bring the game back onto the show and we'll talk about it. But like one of the biggest points that that I was struggling with and a lot of people are struggling with is the is the backtracking in the game. You'll you'll get to a point on a planet where you finish something and then they're like, OK, return to the ship. And it's like normally in a game, you just fast travel back to the ship. Yeah. But in this one, you have to find the way back to your ship. And if you miss the some of the hidden uh, shortcuts, you might end up going down a completely different path and like me getting lost a few times. And um, that's been a point of frustration for a lot of folks. And it, they do it by design because they want to funnel you into other events and stuff that take place. But it's pretty telling when <laughs> you're you're heading back and all of a sudden you you. Uh, you fight this weird boss and it's like, oh, this is why we can't fast travel. It's because you needed to you needed me to fight this boss. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope the new one uh, that's out in April addresses that. I, I've heard that the new one is looking to uh, to fix a few things. So um, we're looking forward to that for sure. And do you have anything set up for the next game club or is that open for suggestions? Uh, we don't. And that's a, we have a lot of suggestions that have come through and um no one's no one's really settled on one yet but but for folks that do want to suggest uh there is a post in our game club forum for suggesting games or even discussing what we should play next so there's lots of folks uh in the game club channel that you can we can start to uh start to brainstorm what we do next so yeah the next one is open um i don't know if there are any like sequels coming out a lot of our past game club games have been um sequel focused so uh, right like play the first one because the second one's coming out 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, and the nice part about that is because we're focusing on a on a game that's getting a sequel in coming months. The the first one is either easily accessible on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or what have you, uh, or or deeply discounted. So um, yeah, lots of options. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any thoughts that they want to want to check out, you can go in there. And I think I've pinned all. I'm pretty sure I've pinned all the current suggestions. So if you're curious what people have suggested before, you can check out the pinned messages in the uh, the Game Club suggestions post. Awesome. All right, guys, it is time for the news this week. And it's actually been a pretty busy week with some uh, fun and kind of crazy stories. So we're going to start off with the Olympics. Now, this happened like right after we recorded last week. So it's probably old news to a lot of you guys. But I wanted to talk about this because this made me so like sad. So I feel like it was about two or three years ago, maybe a little bit longer because, you know, like the last few years have kind of all smooshed and blurred together and how long is time? No one knows. So I but I know that there were conversations about esports. It was particularly around Hearthstone. Hearthstone was one of the um, one of the games that the Olympics was kind of like interested in. And there were some people in the Hearthstone community that were like kind of like consulting and and things like that. I feel like maybe it might have been back as far as like 2018 because I feel like I was working at DreamHack at the time. Um, But anyways, uh, it was quite a few years ago and like they were kind of like chats about, you know, including esports in the Olympic Games. And it was a very exciting time and everyone was talking about it. And it seemed like they were really, you know, moving in the right direction. So (laughs) we got an announcement on March 1st. Uh, from the official Olympic Games Twitter account that said, your e-time has come. The Olympics eSports series is coming and this is your chance to participate. And it seemed like, you know, okay, at least they're doing eSports, even if it's kind of a weird announcement. But um, man, oh man, it's just, this is this is a wild story because they're basically not even looking at like traditional, it's basically electronic versions of traditional sports but not like fifa titles even <laughs> so i'm just trying to find the list of of games because it's it's absolutely wild yeah i mean when you sent this to me i i thought it was just like uh, uh the way they worded the tweet and that's that's the news like i, I don't think olympics is gonna do esports justice in the way folks want them to like it's a separate it's a separate event uh, from the main Olympics. It's happening yeah. this June in Singapore. Um, but yeah, like I think for me, if if I'm so I don't have the games list in front of me. OK, yeah. So I just I found it. So yeah, okay, uh, it's it's archery playing tic tac bow uh, baseball playing e-baseball power pros chess on chess.com cycling on a game called Zwift. Uh, dancing through just dance. This is like just dance, and that's the yeah. closest thing to like. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a real game that I, I that's a, a game that we're familiar with. Yeah, same with uh. So motorsport will be playing uh Gran Turismo. So again, that okay. at least is another tri- AAA title. Uh, sailing using virtual regatta, tennis playing tennis clash, and taekwondo playing virtual taekwondo. <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. like. There are so many existing esports that highlight, I mean, like, 
I don't I think I don't want to bash any of these sports that they've chosen. But like this is not esports. Like esports is like League of Legends and like TFT and and you know Hearthstone and just I, there are there are so so many yeah. <laughs> that are not this. Yeah. <laughs> like who did they talk to when they made these decisions? Like uh, it's just Nintendo wild. Is who they talk to? <laughs> um, I like my see, and this is my thing. Is like if if they want to go this route, that's fine. I think that works, but also. I think you need to kind of look at like, okay, what are the big, what are the big esports games? Like you mentioned, League of Legends. So like, get a MOBA in there, get a first-person shooter. And I know that was yeah. the news being made years ago of like, we don't want to simulate, you know, we don't want any simulated death in our Olympics, and and um, and that was their reason for not wanting, well, Halo and League of Legends and all that. So like, Valorant and Overwatch and yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. It's just one of those things when you say esports, you're putting yourself in a category that, you know, we know as like, as you said, Hearthstone, uh, uh, League of Legends, that sort of stuff. It would have been nice to see them do a little bit of a little bit of both and include like, you know, some of the some of the more traditional esports titles. I'm sure is there I'm sure there is an esports thing for for uh a lot of these games, but some of them I've, I've never heard of. I mean, even, even pick something like rocket league, like rocket league is a great example. It is very easy to understand. It's basically soccer with cars. Mm -hmm. So it kind of bridges the gap. It's already like an actual legit esport. There's no killing. There's no killing. And it bridges the gap between like esports and gamers and traditional sports fans. Like it is, the I think best example number one thing that they could have brought in that is unique and not just like an interpretation of a traditional well I guess it is a traditional or an interpretation of a traditional sport but because of the soccer factor but like it just is one of those things where it's not just like it's not tennis it's not virtual taekwondo it's not virtual tennis like it is its own thing it plays with the medium because like you're not going to play Rocket League in real life. You can't drive a car verti- vertically above, a, like, up a wall, like, you know. So, like, it plays with the medium, but it's still very understandable to traditional sports fans. There's not a whole lot to to get. It's just you're playing soccer with cars, like, put the ball in the net. Easy. <laughs> like, there aren't even, like, offside rules. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, like, they there are avenues they could have taken. There are ways they could have done this and that would have worked. And this ain't it Olympics. This ain't it. <laughs> uh, although, I mean, maybe it's a, a good first shot for them to kind of like test it out. And I'm sure a lot of the feedback will test be it out to who like to the people not- who watch the Olympics, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh man. Like, but that's the thing. So like if they're trying to appeal to their traditional audience, this ain't it because they would rather watch like archery not tic tac bow <laughs> and if they're trying to appeal to gamers who may not necessarily watch traditional sports in the olympics they've missed that mark too they're not even opening themselves up to a new market because like the replies on this tweet are like freaking hilarious but very sarcastic and very like what are you doing like who did you talk to and think that this was a good idea like don't even use the word esports because that's not what this is <laughs> so you know, like they just um, 
I don't think they've made a very good decision because it, I don't know who this is meant to appeal to. Like, I don't think anyone is going to watch this at all, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, for me, I would have been, well, it, it, I would have been much more interested if it was like traditional, the, the esports games that you and I know, because for me, it's similar to like trying to follow hockey or trying to follow uh, soccer or, or any other major national sport where there are a bunch of teams uh, from all over the country playing and then they they play in one big game to see who gets the 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 cool shiny medal. I rather watch like the Olympics where they take like the best of the best from each country, put them on a hockey team and have them play over the course of 2 weeks and like that's the hockey. Every 4 years, good. We've we've done it. And I think I'd like to see that done with esports where I don't have to follow all the teams you know, every month that they're playing, I can just watch them play every four years at, uh, at the Olympic esports and like, hey, that's the best <laughs> League of Legends player. And, you know, you're getting the best League of Legends game because it's the Olympics. Right. So yeah. that's where I'd rather see it. And I think we'll get there. I think this is their first attempt. I hope we get there because what I'm worried about is that, like you say, I this is their first attempt and I'm afraid that they have blown it. Like I say, they're not appealing to gamers and they're not appealing to their traditional audience. So I'm worried that they're going to like put this event on. No one's going to watch it and they're going to be like, see, we told you esports was stupid. Why are we doing this? So I, I feel like um, I guess I'm worried that this is going to not come out great for esports and that they're not going to realize what they've done. They're just going to assume that esports is not viable for them as a brand. And that would suck. Yeah, no, I, I that is also a possibility for sure. And and would really it. Yeah, that reflects how the Olympics have kind of, you know, tried new things in the past and be like, yeah, it's yeah. not working. We're going to go back to the traditional stuff and what we know and what what's worked. So, yeah, hopefully that's not the case here, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Daylight. This made me so excited and happy uh dead by daylight is getting a movie <laughs> which i am so so excited about so um they have partnered up with blumhouse productions and atomic monster and so they are kind of like giants in the horror genre so responsible for stuff like conjuring and the saw movies like so they have some pretty good pedigree behind them which is very exciting now i saw a lot of people talking about how excited they were about like essentially like crossovers like mixing of horror movie characters like having Ghostface with freddy and you know like with michael myers and everything else all in one movie and i'm like love the concept pretty sure that this is going to be all the non-licensed stuff like i don't expect them to have all the licensed characters in the dead by daylight movie yeah yeah like this is going to be first and foremost it's going to be probably looking at what they own like the uh, the dead by daylight yeah. ip there yeah there are original because there are a lot of original characters that are kind of like based on or like draw inspiration from uh like uh, horror tropes sort of thing um but they like so they've got like the the trapper the nurse the hag like they're their own creations like based on like witches and hillbillies and you know like a lot of some of those like traditional like basically like they had the hillbilly with a chainsaw in the 
De- like in Dead by Daylight before they got the rights to Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then so they brought Leatherface in later on. And so there are some kind of like uh, similar characters in that way or like inspired by traditional horror. So like I think and then there they also have a lot of lore around like the Dead by Daylight realm in general and the entity, which is like the the thing in charge like whether you want to call it a god or a devil or whatever um it is the the thing that brings the survivors and the killers into the entity's realm and like sets up these trials right so in my mind because other people were saying like what are they going to do just have a camera over the shoulder of survivors while they repair gens for two hours like (laughs) and uh, and again I don't think it's going to like I, I think it's going to be very much like like the Warcraft movie or whatever, where there's like hints and nods and winks and and kind of Easter eggs that point to things that you do in the game. But I don't think it's going to be like Dead by Daylight, the gameplay movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the gameplay is very simplistic. It's like you get put in an arena, you fix five gens, you open the doors and you run away. Like that's not a movie. So But like I say, they have put a lot of work in ever since they brought in the archive system. They've put a lot of work into like fleshing out their characters and the lore around their characters. So I I think that there's a lot of material there now for them to actually create a really interesting movie. And I think it will be like a cast of characters in terms of like many different killers, many different survivors. But I don't think we're going to see any um, like of the licensed characters and licensed IP in the Dead by Daylight movie. Yeah. Uh, Although I'll say this, like, I mean, similar to our last story with the Olympics, I, I think if the initial Dead by Daylight movie succeeds, uh, you could see a sequel being like, let's start sprinkling in um, some licensed IP. Like, let's bring in some of the older IPs like um, that aren't being worked with now. Like, you've got uh, Jason and Freddy who haven't had a movie in maybe a decade, and and those licenses might be easier to to pull in. I, I'd actually go as far to say the Dead by Daylight movie is going to have a post credit scene where they where they have a licensed character be like, it's my turn now or something. He'll wink at the camera, you know, stay tuned for next next summer when we make Dead by Daylight 2. I think that's how it'll go, whether they it pans out and whether the movie does well and, and that we get a sequel. But I could see them getting like, hey, let's ask New Line for a favor. Let's put Freddy at the end of this and and we can tease you know, some licenses, you know, for, for the sequel. But I think Mm -hmm. for the initial movie, they probably got enough to work with and you could have a lot of fun with it. I mean, like it, uh, it could play off sort of the Jumanji trope of like people getting pulled into a game and in this case being pulled into the entities game and Mm -hmm. learn why maybe he's a spider or not. I don't know. definitely some spider-like qualities for sure and like there's like i say they have fleshed out a lot of the lore and there's like a character who was like the first survivor who was pulled into the realm that like was trying to do all of this like research into the entity and figuring out where he was and how it all worked and like so like i think they could probably flesh that out and make that a really interesting movie because i'm pretty sure that survivor turned into a killer in the entity's realm like so that to me sounds like a really cool like fall from grace horror story um and yeah like i i just i think there's a lot of material there 
Um, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do because like I said, the the Blumhouse Productions and Atomic Monster like have some really good horror pedigree there and like they've proven that they can make a really good horror movie. So I'm excited to see what this collaboration looks like. And it is super early days. Like they don't have a director. They don't have a writer. Like this is just behavior has partnered with these production companies to make the movie and that is it. Like <laughs> this is very much an, an announcement of an announcement. Like they... This is years out still, but uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I just hope they don't make it too like tropey and too meta and like put streamers in to play different survivors and stuff like that. Like I want a, an actual good movie. <laughs> I also hope they don't do I, yeah. like all, you know, shout out to streamers who I I think, you know, are awesome. Well, I'm thinking of like, oh, well, it was the Ryan Reynolds movie. Um, not Fall Guy. Uh, good guy. No. Free guy. Oh, Free guy, yeah, free guy. That's it. <laughs> Had those like sections of the movie where like all the streamers were like talking about this this character in this game and all this stuff. And I just, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was kind of okay and like fit in the context of that movie. But like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want too many like meta references. Like, just make a good horror movie using DVD as an inspiration, and then I'll be happy. Yes, I agree. Uh, we also have some more Microsoft Activision news. Looks like it is likely to be approved by the EU, which is uh, pretty big news, actually. Uh, it seems like it's been on the fence or potentially leaning towards not being approved. So this is some pretty big news. Yeah, and it's funny. Like This is a story from last week, actually, right after we recorded. And um, it's... It's obviously the whole Activision Blizzard acquisition is has, it's changing daily. But like this story still hasn't been debunked and essentially is saying like they're I guess they're and I I had kind of um I'd forgotten that the EU and UK were for a moment there, like my brain had sort of assumed that they had they still had the same regulators, but they are separate. So they are separate now. They're yeah. very <laughs> separate. And and when I realized that I was like, oh that's that seems like a silly mistake on my part. But um the EU uh, the EU, the UK, and the US are still the ones kind of battling Microsoft with this. And it sounds like the EU, um, according to routers, is saying that they are likely to approve it and point to the fact that they have these deals with NVIDIA and Nintendo as sort of like, look, they're making these concessions. They address the cloud gaming, which was one of our major concerns, and um, are likely to approve it. Now, I think the UK, and right now the UK and the US are still are still fighting it. Um, and right now in the U S there is a, uh, there's this whole court battle with Sony and I guess Sony like refused to acknowledge any of Microsoft's like, uh, like asks for, for evidence mm -hmm. in, in their argument. And, uh, the judge was like, well, since Sony didn't do anything, um, and you could have just reached a deal with Microsoft to, to give us some of the evidence, you have to give them all of the evidence now because like you didn't make a deal and, and we need that we need to start because the deal is supposed to close end of june and yeah I, I don't think you get to like hold your breath until june hits and be like ah it's too <laughs> late now so yeah. it's uh, this is going to change drastically over the coming weeks and and move very quick as we get uh closer to you know may that sort of time frame when when all of these decisions are supposed to be final but um it, it is interesting to see that the eu is is the first to sort of be reported <laughs> yeah, be a, uh, reported to 
apparently potentially likely to yeah <laughs> it's, it's many many you know covering of butts words in these <laughs> in these articles but uh yeah i think that uh, it's probably a, a good good news i guess for for microsoft but um yeah, we'll have to see because I think uh, it's April 25th is when the official vote is happening, right? So, but it seems like things are are potentially swinging in Microsoft's favor. So, uh, yeah, at least at least in Europe, and I think that like they're they're still you know facing some hurdles potentially, but you know like they've it sounds like they've kind of got one of three roadblocks out of the way. So, uh, we will keep you guys updated on this as it progresses. Um, we also got some news this week from Ghost Crawler. So Ghost Crawler has been uh pretty quiet, and I haven't actually looked at his Twitter account, but he was away for quite a few months, and uh he's no longer at Riot. So he did come from the Warcraft team originally, and well, maybe not originally. I first heard of him on the Warcraft team. <laughs> so uh, he was with Blizzard for quite a while and then left Blizzard to go over to Riot. And apparently that happened, I think it's like nine years he's been at Riot. I was like, no, wow. there's no way. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, really. Yeah. After nine years at Riot, it feels like it's time for something new. I was like, I could have sworn you left Blizzard two years ago. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how recent it feels. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's been working on uh, building the League of Legends MMO, and uh, it's been obviously in the works for a really, 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 really long time. Uh, still nothing to announce over there, but um, yeah, we're looking for, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can bring to the MMO space. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that Ghostcrawler left before seeing it all the way through. Although nine years working on the same project and it not releasing, I'm pretty sure I would be thinking about a change as well like i don't know what's going on over on the league of Legends side and why we haven't seen the mmo actually come out yet but uh yeah it'll be sounds like it's not ready yet <laughs> yeah well he he had some other roles at riot where he was um he was lead designer on league of legends and, and head of ip at riot so i don't know if he was he's definitely working on the mmo like a good chunk of that nine years um three of which were you know, uh, in the three past years, it probably would have been tough to to build such a big project with um mm -hmm. with having to deal with with COVID and everything. But um, yeah, it seems like he's stepping down. Um, well, it's not seen. He he has said that he's stepping down to be closer to family. He's had a lot of loss over the last couple months. Um, specifically in December when he took time off to, to go back home. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, I, I we were talking about this in Discord, and and I, I reading his tweets. To me, it seems like. It's really tough to be a game developer and and from what I've heard of being a game developer, it's really tough to 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 also spend time, you know, a lot of time with your family. And it yeah. sounds like Greg wants to spend a lot of time with his family and even harder to do that when you're leading a new MMO that basically has to succeed, right? Because like MMOs mm -hmm. aren't, aren't designed to be like, well, we did our best. No, it has to yeah. succeed, <laughs> you know? So uh, at least for the first few years, depending on how much money they poured into it. So I imagine he just, he was not getting any time to to spend with his family, um, you know, leading an MMO. So I think this it sounds like this is the right move uh, for him. And we'll see where he goes next. I, I don't know if he said like he had anything lined up, but I know he said he wanted to. He's had a lot of opportunities presented to him. He hasn't chosen yet, but 
he plans to stay in game development. So that's good news. We've also got some game announcements for it. Well, one announcement, two delays. <laughs> so uh, City Skylines 2 is coming later this year, which I'm very excited about. You guys know I love a good city builder. And this sounds like a city builder on steroids. Um, it basically says that the cities in City Skylines 2 will evolve and react to player choices and that also is going to support some advanced modding capabilities. So it, it sounds like a very large, ambitious, fleshed out um, city builder. So I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to think of uh, City Skylines. It's they've now completely lapped uh, SimCity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where I think City Skylines came out shortly after the the last SimCity that I think decimated the the Maxis team. Is that what it is? Yeah, the so yeah, City Skylines came out in 2015. I'm trying mm. to remember when the last SimCity came out, but it was I think you're right, it was sometime right around that time. 2014, I guess was the last um update to it. Right. Wow. So it's uh it, and and this is the thing like with City Skylines, like I know when it came out it was like, okay, this is what we needed SimCity to be, which was this like offline build your city type thing and obviously they fell right in line with what SimCity did by having like a bunch of expansions and a bunch of DLC and um yeah so the sequel City Skylines 2 will be out this year it's going to be on Xbox Game Pass I don't know if that includes PC Game Pass but that's usually the case I would expect so um yeah. because I'm pretty sure it came out for PC first right and then eventually went over to consoles Yes. So I would say that they're probably prioritizing the same sort of thing this time around, which makes me think it would be on PC Game Pass. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, honestly, like when when I think city builders, I think keyboard and mouse, you know. Yeah, even... I can't imagine trying to play a, a title like this on a console. And I know plenty of people do, but I'm just like, I need my point and click with my mouse to yeah. build a city. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like even even me who always tries to find a way to play with uh with a keyboard i am i am with right there with you yeah oh yeah yeah sorry controller yes. <laughs> i'm right there with you when it comes to city builders it's like it's got to be keyboard and mouse that's it's, it's for me it's just it's the logical way for sure yeah uh so yeah i'm really excited about it. like you said we know it's coming later this year 2023 but no official um, like the actual release date has been announced right now. The announcement trailer itself is pretty stylized. Like it doesn't really give you too, too many details. It's very teasery. So when we have more details, we will let you guys know. Um, uh, but we also have two, um, delays that, to announce. So Wolf Among Us 2 has been pushed to next year. Uh, and Starfield has been delayed to September. So Wolf Among Us 2, um, it's kind of too bad, but I mean, they're trying to avoid crunch, which is a good thing. But I feel like we've been waiting for Wolf Among Us 2 forever at this point. Like, is anyone still excited? <laughs> uh, Does anyone remember what happened in Wolf Among Us? Like, maybe that's a good game club game because I can't even really remember. I remember Snow White was in it and it was like a noir, like murder mystery. But that's yeah. about it. <laughs> and there was a wolf. Among, yeah, there was a wolf. Yep, you, know. you were you were a wolf. Yes, you played the big bad wolf. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's kind of weird. Telltale has had a really weird history where they they very publicly went away halfway through the last season of of The Walking Dead, and then they were resurrected right at right before the pandemic started, 
mm-hmm. they've been trying to build this team uh, while dealing with, you know, um, you know, work from home and building a studio in that sort of scenario is it can't be easy. So like the fact that they're also able to say like they I don't think they've had a game come out since they rebuilt. So that's been four years. The first Wolf Among Us was 2013, so it's been 10 years yeah. <laughs> since the original. Yeah, but I feel like it's it's interesting to... It's it's good that they can delay to avoid crunch to get the game out and do it right, and they're doing it through, for all the right reasons. I'm just like... Um, it's interesting to see like they haven't had a game come out and they're still able to 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 operate. So I assume they're they're set up in a way where they've... They're, they're able to do this. I just hate, <laughs> I'd hate for like, we're almost there. Wolf Among Us 2 is coming out, but uh, yeah, we're shutting down again. Like it's just, I don't want that to happen, but I also yeah. don't want them to rush the game. So like, hopefully, hopefully they can make it to, to the game coming out for sure. Uh, and then Starfield as well. Starfield has had a delay to an actual, like we got a, a new release date. So it's September 6th now. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> It's been delayed. What is this? The third delay now? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they they keep saying it's really big. They're putting everything they have into it. And, you know, they can't wait for us to play it. And all that all that kind of like corporate jazz. Don't worry. The game is fine messaging. But uh, yeah, I, I just I just want this game to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was originally set for November 11th, 2022, and they made a big deal about that date because, you know, Bethesda loves their Novembers. And honestly, I don't want to put this out there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it slipped again to November 2023 just Mm. to have that November date. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but um, they are aiming for September. And, you know, it's going to be a busy first half of this year. Like, going into June, you'll have, like, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and um well there's a lot of games suicide squads also coming out around then you know there's a lot of games coming out before end of june that have been announced and that have actually been delayed into that time frame so pushing this out to september gives them more time to uh, polish what is as they say they're a very large game um mm-hmm. but yeah this was the one that i suspected slipping in terms of like that whole xbox showcase from last year saying Everything we talk about here is coming out in the next year. By end of June, it's out. So this is the one, I think the the one to slip from that one, it was the most suspected to because it is yeah. such a big game. So Yeah, they're still going with that thousand planet thing. <laughs> too many. That is too many. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to play the game. I, I mean, honestly, like I think this is going to be one of those. I don't think, I feel like they're not explaining it like in a way that, you know, for folks like you and I who like think that's way too much, but I'm looking forward to seeing it because um, I'm hoping the way it's implemented is that, yes, there are many, many planets, but like the story and the path to discovering quests and side quests and stuff is like, doesn't require you to visit all, all thousand planets. It's just, you have the opportunity to explore these planets and um, they may or may not have, story content there like i hope the story content is still discoverable in a in a in an easier fashion than like okay like let me go check out you know moon two four six five of planet yeah i i hope that there's like and i know some people my husband included really like the whole like flying your spaceship in like obviously not real time but like that space traversal piece 
I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I want to fast travel like planet to planet. I don't want to be spending like two hours flying from one destination to another. That is not my jam. So. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Like, this is still a Bethesda game. This is going to be an accessible um, action RPG from what I've seen, an action first person first person shooter RPG. Like, um, I think we're also... We also haven't seen enough. In my mind, we haven't seen enough gameplay. Yeah, we haven't seen hardly any of it. It's a lot of like big cinematic space and ship shots, which is great, but you haven't really seen very much of what the game's actually meant to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think on that note, like they have also said that after their June showcase on June 11th, there's going to be a Starfield focused presentation and. It feels like there we're going to see, like, in my mind, what the game really is, because because from what I've seen, it's just been snippets, really interesting snippets. And then they keep going with the line of like a thousand planets. Like, I know, I, like, I get it. It's a PR thing. It's it's their line they have to hit with the game. But yeah, it, like they say, it's a huge game, which is great. I think huge games are awesome, but like you have to you have to set it up in a way that guides the player so they don't feel like they're lost in just everything they can do. Like Valhalla had that issue where it was like mm-hmm. you jump into the world and you know, it's a big game because it's being, it's, it's said to be a big game, but then you get in there and the game acts as if like, look, you can do these hundred different things and there's a bunch of arrows going in a whole bunch of different directions and, and it just gets very overwhelming. So if they can structure it in a way where like keep the thousand planets, but don't make it overwhelming. I, I think Bethesda is capable of that, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm not too worried on that front, uh, but they do keep saying a thousand planets. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll get more information in June at the Starfield specific showcase event. So, uh, we will cover that when it happens and, uh, yeah, then we'll see the game potentially in September, but maybe also possibly November. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but that will, Yeah. That's going to do it for us this week. Again, if you want to join in on the conversations, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, including suggesting things for our next game club. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe Wolf Among Us. Who knows? Mm. Um, Yeah. So again, go on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to weigh in on that. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>